Guys, the NBA is back. And if you want to get the most in-depth coverage from across the league, from across the NBA, from across the MLB, from across the NHL, and you want access to the incredible in-depth coverage that The Athletic provides, you can sign up now at theathletic.com slash anything is potable, and you can receive 40% off an annual subscription. Sports are back, and you're not going to want to miss any of the breaking stories from your favorite teams, so go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable for 40% off. You can read Jay King for 40% off. That's a steal in itself. So go to theathletic.com slash anything is potable. Sports are back, folks. Time to get excited. Uh, you are now tuned into anything's potable. The most honorable. The most audible. Hold the applause. Welcome to Anything is Potable. The Boston Celtics podcast here on the Athletic Podcast Network. I'm your host, Sam Jam Packard, professional Celtics fan, and I'm joined by Celtics beat reporter for The Athletic. You may know him as The Kid, Jay King, and we both just sat through a fun, fun preseason game. Finally, it's the last Celtics preseason or scrimmage before they uh, return to the seeding games, but they got absolutely destroyed by the Houston Rockets, 137 to 112, uh, mostly because the top seven guys in the Celtics rotation were not playing. And so we got a, a great view of the bench, but it turns out the Celtics bench is not as good as the Houston Rockets starters. <laughs> yeah, it turns out James Harden is better than any of the Celtics third unit guys. Who would have ever guessed? Um, there was a Carson Edwards dunk, though. And it was with the last that was, that was pretty much the most exciting moment of the game. It was that and a Grant Williams behind the back pass were really like the two highlights. And two Grant Williams off the dribble jumpers. Uh, it was definitely not a night for normal roles for the Celtics. The guys were playing, obviously, roles that will never happen in actual games because they'll have all their best players on the court. I thought Taco versus the Rockets small ball was interesting and entertaining. Taco had a moment to start the second quarter, man, just three straight taco possessions in a row. And I thought it like it stayed with me. And then I was looking at the box score. I was like, wow, he really didn't do much other than that kind of like six minute stretch. But it was wild to see Taco in a game with no one chanting his name. He came in. It was very, very quiet. No fanfare. Um, Romeo had some good moments, but you're right. It's just weird. It's like really impossible to judge. Like, yeah, they got their asses kicked. Harden scored 35 had eight rebounds and six assists. Westbrook had 19, six and eight. They're just, their defense wasn't good enough, but that's like not that surprising. I think the biggest takeaway is how well Grant Williams played. It looks like he's like a little bit more confident in his game, at least offensively. Yeah. I, but, I don't I don't buy that's any different. Grant Williams was really damn good offensively at Tennessee. Like that that's what he did. But he wasn't as a Celtic. They ran offense through him. He's never going to shoot fadeaway mid-range jumpers for the Celtics. <laughs> that is true. That would be problematic. If he does, something is drastically wrong. So even though he he looked good today and obviously showed off some stuff that he doesn't normally show off, I didn't think anything he did will necessarily translate to minutes that matter the most, at least what he did offensively, except the three. The, he did hit a three. <laughs> he did hit the three, and he took it confidently. I thought him and uh, the offensive Shemi Ojeley – like these are my big like really focusing in on what happened, which is otherwise a pretty meaningless game. But I thought Shemi plays with a lot more confidence right now. Again, you can make the argument that it's just a role 
but I think it gives you some confidence that those guys can step up and play in like larger moments. Uh, but other than that, I don't know. There's like people are hyping up Carson Edwards for his performance because he uh, finished with 19 points, but he was three of 10 from deep. I, I think that just happens with he's a volume guy. And I don't know. I didn't think I was, I wasn't like too impressed with the rest of the Celtics roster. It was like Grant. I thought Romy had some nice moments. Shemi had some nice moments, but other than that, it was just like, eh. Yeah, and I think I was probably a little too hard on Grant uh, a minute or two ago. <laughs> he was the best player on the Celtics for the entire game. He, he made 15, a great nine cut. and four. He made a great cut. Robert Williams found him for a layup. He made that behind the back pass was awesome, and it, like uh, he really won't be <laughs> used for off the bounce jumpers. But if he does show a little bit more confidence, if he can be a little bit more efficient with the touches that he does get, that's a big deal for the Celtics. If he's not an offensive zero for them, then his defense will become even more useful because lineups will actually score with him in there. So the the defense, you know what you're getting from Grant Williams. He's going to be switchy. He's going to be versatile. He's going to make great rotations. It's the offense where there's a question mark, and he was promising. I, I The one takeaway that was – maybe meaningful i thought robert williams like for him the the big thing that he could use to separate himself from ennis Cantor is the ability to move and be mobile and defend in ways that Cantor cannot i didn't think he was good defending the perimeter at all against the rockets and obviously they're the most extreme small ball <laughs> it's a very difficult team out for there. Any like big men yeah they, they make it really tough on centers but for a guy who's mobility is like what separates him from the other option i didn't think he held up well in in the moments that they they'd want from him and obviously Cantor, like he got the night off he's considered one of the regulars um so. i think it's like the biggest takeaway is that there's a clear hierarchy among player like the bench is set i think the seven guys who got off um and then brad wanamaker's obviously the eighth guy he was did brad wanamaker things and just was sturdy and got to the rim that's basically all brad wanmaker does but that's the top eight and i think the big question is who who else is going to back up tice or who's going to get that backup big man and it feels like brad stevens before the game he was talking about how important or how good the team was with uh small ball five grant minutes he played well today uh brad after the game said he thought grant was going to be a good player for a long long time i clearly it seems like grant is in higher favor in the rotation than robert williams and so it's just something to i guess look for as the um, meaningful games actually start again. We don't even know how meaningful the games are going to be because everyone like their people, Kemba's going to be on a minutes restriction. Um, we don't know how Brad's is going to use the rotation, but um, we're not going to see a game where they sit seven starters. So I'm just thankful for that. I thought it was interesting that the Celtics were as cautious with their starters as they were during the scrimmages. Obviously they just had three scrimmages. Most of their starters only played essentially two halves of those scrimmages. Campbell only played nine minutes total. They are treating the regular season, the seeding games, like they don't matter. Like they're not too concerned, I don't think, about being ready to play Friday against the Bucks. They're concerned about the date Brad Stevens keeps talking about, August 17th, which is the playoff opener. So. I think that was interesting, and you saw it go the other way for the Rockets. Obviously, Eric Eric Gordon got hurt playing meaningless minutes, 
in a game that didn't matter at all. And Harden was playing deep into the second half, which so D'Antoni had a very different. Well, they're they're ramping up like their team hasn't played together. There's more value there, I guess, from like trying to get those guys more chemistry. But you're right. It was it's interesting that they rested the entire team. In his pregame, Brad was like, this is similar to what we do in the preseason of a normal season where well, the final game will do that. He did mention that like all those guys practiced really hard the day before and today was a rest day. I don't know the strategy in necessarily doing that, but um, clearly it's not something that they're – I don't know. It's just like it, it's kind of a throw – I don't want to say it's a throwaway game, but because of like what you said earlier, like we're never going to really see these guys in these roles. It's an odd kind of tune-up just because – you would think at this point you would really want Grant Williams like getting really good at like coming in off the bench or playing like that role or playing with other players. And so it's, it, I don't want to say they threw the game away, but uh, it's an interesting strategy from Brad Stevens. Yeah. Uh, and obviously the, the key thing for the Celtics is getting Kemba right, having the starters be as as ready as possible for the playoffs. Okay, well, here's here's the big scandal from today that Celtics Twitter was freaking out about. Our, our main man, Perk, tweeted uh, he had initially picked the Celtics to come out of the East, and then he was on first take, and he said he picked the Raptors. And in his tweet explaining that video, he said uh, Celtics losing Kemba was big. And everyone was like, oh, my God, does Perk have inside information? Is Kemba yeah, hurt? And then an hour later, Brad <laughs> Stevens came on and said Kemba felt great, made it through the his game well, and – felt healthy and everything seems right ish, or at least it seems to be on the right path for Kemba, which obviously is as important as anything for the Celtics right now, beyond Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown's continued ascension. Um, he's their biggest question mark right now. And everything seems okay. The- so we're not sure. Tr- I think Perk was just a, a misphrasing. I don't, I don't think he's got inside sources. Uh, at least nothing, nothing we learned tonight from the Celtics would say that, uh, it was it was a fun hour of watching people freak out though. There were some I good meltdowns. My, mate, my stool greeny man, that guy is life or death. He's ride or die. Uh, and yeah. in a way that I mean, every all the Celtics fans is, but I feel like he's got the strongest emotions. He still gets upset about missing free throws in scrimmage games, which I just uh, I appreciate there. If you were to guess on average how many days people in the United States have to wait to see a doctor, what would you say? A week, maybe. Actually, on average, people have to wait around 29 days to see a doctor in major U.S. cities. Some people would say that's a month. And if you're dealing with a condition like erectile dysfunction, you don't want to wait a month. You want treatment ASAP. That's why our friends at Roman have spent years building a digital platform that can connect you with a doctor in your state from the comfort of your home. It make, Roman makes it convenient to get the treatment you need on your schedule. Just grab a phone, computer, and go for your own free online visit, and you'll hear back from a licensed physician within 24 hours. If the doctor decides treatment is right for you, Roman's Pharmacy can ship your medication to you for free within two days, and you'll get unlimited follow-ups with your doctor anytime if you have any questions or want to adjust the treatment plan. There's no commitments. You can cancel anytime. So if you don't want to wait a month and you're struggling with ED, go to GetRoman.com slash Celtics. That is GetRoman.com slash Celtics for a free online visit and free two-day shipping. Can, can we just talk about Shemi Ojale for a little bit? Absolutely. I, I, I think we like need a Shemi segment. Nobody ever discusses Shemi Ojale. 
I brought up Shemi Ojale's great offensive intensity earlier in this podcast. Yeah, but Shemi, like, he rarely gets even noticed. Grant Williams, anytime Grant Williams does something, people notice because it's, like, louder. Shemi kind of does things less loud. And I like to think that they're rivals because it feels like Grant came in and just completely uh, took Shemi's role as like small ball five. Because in the past, we saw like lineups where Shemi was that small ball switchable guy. And Grant is basically, you can't have both of them because they basically do the same similar thing. Grant's just like a bigger person. Uh, but you're right. I feel like they're in direct competition. It's hard to, and Grant gets all the shine because he's like one, a rookie, higher draft pick and like more personality. But and Shemi's just quietly throwing the medicine ball, waiting his time. Yeah, you wouldn't even let me finish my Shemi Ojale praise. This no, I, I had about. to get into a Grant story. Every time someone praises Shemi Ojale, someone else praises Grant Williams even louder. So that's just kind of how it goes. But Shemi, I mean, the first scrimmage, he played in the first half, one of eight guys to play in the first half. Tonight he started. I don't know what that means. I don't know whether that has any significance whatsoever. But I think, like, Shemi... I don't think he does as many things as Grant. He's not as good a passer. He's not as physical. But he can move his feet better than Grant does. Like He's the honest stopper, too. He can really move his feet and stay in front of people. So it's it's not like they totally mirror each other's skills and uses. And I, I think Shemi's been kind of solid through these three games. He, he's always pretty solid. but I mean, he, you talk about Grant Williams being like a solid scorer in college – Shemi at SMU got buckets. The Shemi SMU talk. I like that. I mean, but he's like actually going like he had some dribble moves today that I'm not used to seeing Shemi's like uh, breaking out. He feels more confident in his threes. It just feels like him and Grant play a similar role, but I wouldn't be surprised. I feel like Brad definitely trusts in Shemi. I mean, he's the most improved player from a year ago. And you wouldn't be surprised to see him like thrown in there like – I don't know, say if a lineup's not working. I think he's just like one of the trusted guys, but I don't think he's necessarily going to get regular minutes. It's largely dependent on matchup. But I don't know. He's the he he stepped up and he slowed Giannis down for that one quarter one time. Um, you could see him in there. I think he's just him, Brad Wanamaker are just like solid vets at this point, which I, is wild to call Shemi a vet, but he feels like a, a reliable enough person. I thought it was mildly interesting that Romeo Lankford – even when the Celtics regulars were all out, just kind of did Romeo Langford things. Like he played 32 minutes, only took seven shots. It wasn't a loud performance from him. Like he, he was okay. But like some good moments of like him attacking the rim and like some raw athleticism, athleticism finishing through contact or at least like drawing the foul. There was like some moments of Romeo. They're like, hey, this, this kid could be pretty good one day, but he's clearly not there yet consistently. Yeah, his slashing is intriguing for sure. And then, obviously, the Celtics like his defensive potential and his his ranginess on that end. So, he's intriguing, and he does some things that, like, not a whole lot of players can do, like like foul-seeking and some of the, the finishing stuff and backdoor cuts. So, you like to see all that instinctual stuff from Romeo. But, yeah, his game didn't change much, no matter who he was playing against. I thought... Tremont, this was his worst game of the short scrimmage season. You live by the fancy pass, you die by the fancy pass. And he just got a little too pass happy there. I mean. Yeah, three for 13 from the field, six turnovers. He threw some just ill-advised. And They would have been really cool if they worked, but they didn't. And that means it was bad. That's been the knock on him dating back to college is he 
tries to go for the home run pass too often. And obviously, that can work out incredibly. His highlights are in the G League are as fun to watch as just about anybody's. But when it when it goes bad, it goes bad, and it went pretty bad tonight for him. It wasn't it wasn't his best performance. Um, but other than that, I don't did. Vinny Sexpants didn't do much for us. Uh, he, he had a stretch that was just bad in the first quarter. He it, was, uh, he, it happens quite a, quite frequently when he enters the game. <laughs> he got a block dunked, and then he was guarding Harden in transition and just totally spun around and just had no clue where he was. And then he almost threw away an outlet pass, and then he just did some nonsense. He traveled against Harden in the post. It was it was a rough stretch for my guy. His hair looks great though. I mean, he's got really slick back hair. He's looking the hair, cool. The hair is fantastic. I I just haven't seen yet that he's an NBA player. All right, we mentioned it up uh, off the top, but I'm just trying to remember the coolest moments. The the Carson dunk. I didn't know Carson Edwards could elevate like that and finish with his left and dunk on two MVPs. But it was a weird moment because it's like normally. That's an explosion like, oh, but it happened in an empty arena. And so what was your kind of reaction to kind of like it should have been more hyped, but it was like you can't because of the bubble. The Celtics were down 20. There should not have been much hype regardless. It's a it's a dunk from a short guy. It's always going to be cool. They were down 20. They need to sit down in a meaningless game. Get hyped for the cool dunk. You don't like highlights, bro. It was a great. It was a great, great. dunk. (laughs) Don't get me wrong. He blew by Westbrook, didn't dunk on Harden, dunked somewhere in the vicinity of Harden. I will I will give him credit for a spectacular play. But I will I will not sit here and tell you that the, <laughs> the gym should have been giving Carson Edwards a standing ovation in the third quarter or second whatever the hell quarter it was in an absolutely meaningless game. I'm, I'm not. I'm you not. Think, you think that. there's going to be reach a point where it's like it is so intense that people will get like hype for a dunk? Because right now, because it's scrimmages, there's no like the loudest you hear is when Brad Stevens admonishes the team and then they like they start yelling. But there's no like celebrations or demonstrative anything like that. You think the intensity will go up now that we're in uh, real seating games? Yes. Yes. I, I mean, there have been plays when the Celtics have screwed up and they've panned to the sidelines and. Players are just like laughing it up on the sidelines. That shit ain't going to happen anymore. Guys are going to be locked in. Guys are going to be ready. The games still finally matter. I, I was sick of scrimmages from like the the, the opener. And yeah, I, you, you weren't like been, very excited after the first one. The middle one was pretty good. I think the I've one been against the Suns NBA was good. basketball for months. I thought it was going to be awesome. And You're going to complain about the game on Friday. You? No, I will not. not <laughs> okay. You will not hear me complaining about any actual basketball. We got some activity behind you. We got someone walking in with a boom box. This is fantastic. Uh, I'm live. What's going on behind you? That's awesome. Oh, just cleaning up. This is a good friend of the program. But, uh, um, yeah, I think that's a good time to wrap it up. If the boom box has come in, it's time to party. And so we got to talk about Robert Williams real quick. We have more, more to talk Robert about Robert Williams. Williams. We'll hit, like, yeah, let's do it. I enjoyed watching him and Taco against the Smalls. It was just – The lineup of lines. Romeo, Taco, and uh, – Time Lord as the front court was pretty fantastic. Like right off the bat, they threw a lob to Robert Williams. He just went up, caught it, dunked it. He did that a few times. He's intriguing. 
I don't know if he's more you, than that. You, yet. you said he was not not great earlier in the podcast. You're, you're I did. Mid- I did. He could still be intriguing and not great. That's <laughs> intriguing, but not great. The J King story, the Robert Williams story. But yeah, I I uh, I enjoyed some of his moments. He also tried to have some post moves. He was not a post player. He's not a. Yeah, everyone post guy. Tries to, everyone gets lured into that against Harden and Tucker. Even even the really good bigs in the NBA get lured into that, and it doesn't work out. And uh, it happened with Taco. It happened with Robert Williams. Those those guys are stout. They are, <laughs> they are not tall, but they are stout, and they are tough to score on, especially if you're not a real low post scorer. And I'm not ready to put Robert Williams in that category yet. He did have some nice passes, though. The man can pass. He's a. He, I mean. He's Carson been pretty Edwards good passer because he hit Carson with like a w- wide open butt naked under the rim, and Carson just dropped the pass. Well, that's why people call him the Dime Lord. Yeah, I mean, I, <laughs> I, I guess they're calling <laughs> him the Dime Lord now. <laughs> well, that's it. I mean, do you have any more observations from the final scrimmage game? We're finally on to Javante to real Green. Yes, Javante Green hitting threes. That's Jay, you have a full you had full notebook. You didn't you didn't let me know. You, I I feel like I keep on trying to wrap the show up, but you got takes for days. Tell me I about have, Javante Green. I had notes. We we got to talk about everything that that matters, could matter. Javante Green hasn't been a shooter throughout his short NBA career. Wasn't a shooter overseas before he got to the NBA. He hit three for three. Maybe maybe he was drinking some shooting potion during the hiatus. Yeah, I saw a clip of some him shooting potion. What the hell was that comment? Honestly, I don't know. I don't know. I was just going to let it slide, but yeah, I'm glad you caught yourself. I have one note about Javante. It says three point made Javante, and then my next note says James Harden equals good, and then my next note says Time Lord can pass. So I feel like we're on the same page here in terms of what Javante can do. He made a three pointer, and it was pretty impressive. Maybe yeah. after drinking that potion. Yeah, I. And then Brad Wanamaker, he's the last guy I have in my notes. I already mentioned him. He's quite sturdy. Sturdy, tried to do probably a little too much at times. This is his time to shine. He tried to get freaky. He wanted to get freaky. <laughs> I respect it. All right, is that the empty? Are we ready to move on to the seating games? I, I've I've gotten rid of the chamber. It's gone. Uh, the, the chamber is empty. Uh, the scrimmage, the preseason is over. We're going to be coming back to you later this week with a preview of these eight seeding games. It's going to be fantastic. And <laughs> I just went into real radio voice right there. Um, I've lost my way. But- yeah, that, that's it. Thanks for listening to Anything is Potable. We appreciate you all. Subscribe to us. Give us a five-star rating. And we'll see you soon. In a couple of days. Yeah. Anything is Potable!